welcome to the Church of the Redeemers weekly podcast. We pray that you will enjoy this week's service, and we hope that you will follow us at www.cotrb.org, and may God continue to bless you. Praise the Lord, everybody. Oh, come on. Praise the Lord, everybody. Scripture says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and enter into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. Why? Because the Lord is good. His mercy endureth forever. Is anybody grateful for God's mercy and his grace this morning? Just look at somebody and say, it's good to see you in the, in the house of the Lord. If you can at all stand as we go before the throne of grace, everybody all over the house, if you are able to, would you rest your seats as we petition our God in prayer. Father, we thank you, we bless you, and we love you, we honor you because you're great and merciful and kind and wonderful. Thank you, Lord, because if it had not been for you on our side, we don't know where we'd be right now. Father, we thank you because you are a good God, even on a bad day. Thank you, Lord, for life, health, strength, love, peace, and the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Lord, that you did not see fit to let none of the negative things be. But every day by your power, you've kept us and you've shielded us from hurt, harm, and danger, seen and unseen. And Father, before we ask you for anything, we want to tell you thank you for everything. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for this great congregation of people, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for who you are and what you do. We thank you, Lord, because you are sovereign you're in control thank you lord god because father if it had not been for you father some of us know where we would be but we thank you lord that we are here and yet in the land of the living lord to give you praise and to give you worship now father we ask you lord that you bless this service in jesus name we ask you god that you do something miraculous in this place father we submit to your will and we submit to your way father we ask you lord that you have your way in jesus name Move from heart to heart and breast to breast. Walk up and down these sanctified aisles in Jesus' name. Father, bless the choir. Father, bless the musicians and bless the ushers. Bless everybody that touches a microphone today and leads in a, in a, in a certain capacity. Father, we even ask you, God, that you would bless the pastor, Lord, in Jesus' name. Strengthen him in the name of Jesus. Father, we ask you, Lord, that you get in the sound system and get in the live stream. And Father, we ask you, Lord God, that we, Father, we ask you, Lord God, that you would lift our spirits in Jesus' name. Father, we don't have to be pumped or primed to praise you this morning. But Father, we make a conscious decision to give you praise. Father, it's not going to be something that we have to put much effort into. But Father, it is going to be something that we live out all week long. And that is our praise and our worship unto you. So Father, we ask you, God, that you anoint us in Jesus' name. Father, forgive us of our sin. Anything that we've done, known or unknown, Lord, forgive us this morning in Jesus' name. Father, we ask you of the same power that we feel in this room, God, that those that are watching by stream will feel the same exact power. We believe that there is no distance in the realm of the Spirit. So, Father, we ask you, Lord, that you would unify us in Jesus' name in the Spirit realm. God, we ask you, Lord, that you would send healing, deliverance, salvation, restoration, resuscitation, power, anointing, oil, in Jesus' name. We give you glory, honor, and praise. And, Father, while you're at it, Father, we're saying, Savior, hear our humble cry. While all other vows are calling, do not pass us by in Jesus' name. 
We pray. Come on, clap your hands all over this room. Oh, come on, give the Lord a thunderous applause. Come on. Come on, clap your hands and give the Lord a praise, everybody. Come on. Just look at somebody and say, it's good to see you in the house of the Lord one more time. The smile of somebody, that's probably the best thing they've had all week. It's good to see you. You look good. The scripture says, but brother, kindness have I drawn thee. Hallelujah.
found in verse 1, 2, and 12. It says, Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth or ever, you had formed the earth and the world from everlasting to everlasting. You are God. So Lord, teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. Let's stand together and continually and pray our prayer of invocation. Pray with me. Father, we invite you into this sanctuary. We ask, God, that you would create in us and with us and for us like only you, creator God, can do. Jesus, we invite you into this sanctuary. We ask, Lord, that you would save, hallelujah, like only you can save. Holy Spirit, we invite you into this sanctuary, and we ask that you would unite us like only you can unify us. We move out of your way so that you can have your way. Do what only you can do in us today. I ask that you would throw your weight around in this room. 
we will be careful to give you all the glory, all the honor, and all of the praise. In Jesus' name, and our soul said, amen. Praise our God. Let's stand, continue standing together. Y'all look beautiful. Y'all look beautiful. On this African Heritage Sunday, y'all look beautiful. Let's continue to stand together and sing our congregational hymn for this morning. Lift every voice and sing.
Scripture reading for this morning is found in Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. I'll be reading from the English Standard Version. You're finding the scripture. If we can just pan this room, if you don't mind, just to see the beauty in the room, I would be grateful. To see the beauty in the room. And if you're working with us virtually, we welcome you as well. If you got dressed this morning, I said if you got dressed now. Post a selfie in the comments. <laughs> I said if you got dressed. <laughs> Post a selfie in the comments. We want to make sure you're included. You feel included in our worship this morning. Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. You have a say, amen? If you don't have a say, wait a minute. All right, I like that. Reading at verse number 1 of Acts chapter 2. The Bible says, when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as a fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may have your seats. As we go to the throne. I don't know what you brought in this morning, brought into this room this morning. I don't know what you have brought in. Some of you have brought in a spirit of celebration, and I'm grateful for that. Some of you have brought in a spirit of heaviness, and grateful for that. Some of us have come into this room with a spirit of expectation, and I'm grateful for that. Some of us have come into this room with a heart that feels defeated. I'm grateful for that. Because whatever you need, God's got it. <laughs> whatever you, hallelujah. Whatever you need, God's got it. So before I pray any prayers, before I say anything, I want you to lift up a praise to your God. Whether it's a praise that says, Lord, I need you. Thank you for being here. Let your praise declare what you need. Let your praise exclaim what you need. Let your praise be a praise of thanks for healing, for deliverance, for restoration, and for joy. Let your praise be a cry for help. But whatever, however you need to praise him, praise him. However you need to praise him, praise him. 
And as I pray, continue to praise. Father, we love you and we praise you. We thank you and we glorify you. We thank you for all the needs that are represented in this room. We thank you for all the needs that are represented in every space of worship that we are gathered here together today. We thank you for our virtual campus, Lord. We thank you for the, the ways that you're working in their lives, the ways that you're working in all of our lives, the things that you're doing in us and with us and through us and for us. We thank you, God, that you are good and you are God, and beside you there is none other. We thank you that you have made ways in the wilderness. When we couldn't even see our way, you made a way in the wilderness. And when we couldn't, we didn't know that there was water, we felt parched. There was, you made rivers in, hallelujah, you made rivers. You made water flow in dry places. You've been good to us. You've been God to us. And we're grateful and we thank you. We thank you that if you did it before for us, God, you can do it again. We thank you for the testimony of those that are yours. We thank you, Lord, that your word says our heritage lies among them who are sanctified. I thank you, Lord, that we don't have to search too far for those who are sanctified among us. We can look around this room. We can remember our grandma. We can remember our great-grandma. We can remember our grandfather, our great-grandfather, even our mothers and our fathers. And we can see that our heritage does lie among them who are sanctified. And because we have a heritage of sanctification, we will not let anyone speak ill of us. Because we have a heritage of strong sanctification, fellowship of you, we ask, God, that you would hold us in the palm of your hand. Keep us from all evil in the name of Jesus. For those of us who have come in this room with heavy hearts, I pray that you would lift up the bowed down head. I pray that you would watch over your word to perform it in their lives. I pray that the grieving heart would be made glad today, that you would give them the oil of joy for mourning and the garment of praise for hallelujah for the spirit of heaviness. I pray, Lord, that by the end of this service, they will have cast off their clothes of darkness. Whew. They will put on, they will have put on clothes of joy. Pray that by the time this service is over, wherever they are, that they will be walking and leaping and praising our God in Jesus' name. That the chains of bondage, of sin and of sickness, of despair and distress would be broken. I need a church that will pray, pray with me, please. A pray, uh, the chains of bondage will be broken off of all of our lives. And we'll thank you, God, and we'll praise you in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord, that you have given us the garment of praise to lift this spirit of heaviness. Thank you, Lord, that you have already delivered. Thank you, Lord, that you have already healed. I thank you, Lord, that you have already set free. I thank you that even those who are bound behind prison walls, you've already saved. You've already healed. That's what I need to hear. You've already set free. I need a church that's praying. You already healed. You've already saved. You've already set free. We've been bound so long. We don't know what freedom looks like, but we thank you that you've already healed. You've already saved. You've already set free. So we stand on our feet wherever we are. Lift our hands and we glorify our God. We magnify you for what you've done and what you're doing. Jesus' mighty name. We say thank you. We say thank you. We say thank you in Jesus' name. Come on, clap your hands one more time and give him glory. Like you love him, give him glory. Like you love him, give him glory.
on, would you clap your hands for our dancers as they come? face turned to the sun weight on my shoulders a bullet in my gun oh I got eyes in the back of my head just in case I
up, my people. Stand up, my beautiful people. Amen, 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 amen. Are there any visitors visiting with us for the first time? Any first-time visitors visiting with us this morning? Or any visitors visiting with us the first time virtually? Amen, amen. What a beautiful, beautiful array of colors this morning. Amen. So just in case someone is visiting with us virtually, on behalf of our pastor, David S. Smith, the entire ministerial staff, the executive board, and the members of the Church of the Redeemer, we welcome you so much. Thank you for visiting with us today. Come again. Come again. And bring a friend. Amen. Sunday announcements for the week of February the 26th. We are hiring. Are you a Christ-loving, detail-oriented person with a gift for administration? If yes, please prayerfully consider applying for the position of assistant to the pastor. This is a salaried, part-time, non-virtual position. Non-virtual position. More information is available at the church website under resource slash job opportunities. Anyone who is interested should submit your resume via email to businessmanager at cotrb at c, I'm sorry, at businessmanager at cotrb.org. Leadership training. Behold how good and pleasant it is when brethren dwell in unity. Psalms 133.1, calling all leaders, calling all leaders. Beginning March 4th, 2023 at 10 a.m., the leaders of Redeemer will come together for the, on the first Saturday of every month for training and development in the banquet hall of the education building. Our focus will be the book, What Got You Here Won't Get You There, by Marshall Goldsmith. All are welcome to attend. Ministers, excuse me, ministers, officers, board members, and elected ministry, ministry leaders of the church are strongly encouraged to attend. Please confirm your attendance with an email at businessmanager at COTRB by February the 25th, which was yesterday, but I think we'll give you grace today. Victory Summer Camp. Victory Summer Camp. We would like to resume the Victory Summer Camp this summer. There will be a meeting on Monday, March 6th at 6 p.m. in the Banquet Hall. Anyone interested in making this happen? We, need, we are in need of volunteers, especially those with administrative skills. Please contact Deaconess Winnie Perry or Sister Ollie Baxley for more information. Reading Redeemer Nights. What, what is interested in the, what is your interest, I'm sorry, what is your interest in being a part of a supportive pathfinding entrepreneurial group? This group will be based at the Church of the Redeemer Baptist and will be a hub for striving entrepreneurs. If you would like more information, please respond to the survey that is available on the church website and by text all registered members. The Church of the Redeemer is seeking new ways to support the congregation and community. 
thank you in advance for your participation. Sunday School. The Sunday School Ministry is excited to make the congregation aware that Sunday School classes for the youth and adults are held every Sunday via Zoom, 11 a.m. Zoom information ID for the youth is 8732322934. And the passcode is 338073. And for the adults, your number is 849-8973-6418. And the passcode is 130363. Come join us as we learn more of God's word on prayer this month. Oh, my goodness. As we learn about the word of prayer this month, we look forward to everyone participating. Girl Scouts. The Girl Scouts cookie season is coming to an end. Come and get the... <laughs> oh, Come and get them while they last. Cookies will be available each after, I'm sorry, after each service following in the fellowship hall. And they will be doing this till March 15th or until supplies go away. The Girl Scouts of Redeemer, thank you for your support and helping to make this a successful cookie season. The food cupboard. Food will be available for all on the third Saturdays of each month from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. in the fellowship hall. Please contact Sister Harriet. The food cupboard. That is an awesome, awesome ministry to feed the community as well as our members. Prayer meeting and Bible study is held every Wednesday. Prayers at 6.30. Bible study begins immediately after. The meeting ID is 861-737-1176. And the dial-in number is 646-558-8656. All announcements are posted weekly on the CRTB org website. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Praise God. Praise God. Please govern yourselves in accordance to the, the um, announcements that were made. Cotrb.org. Amen. Got a treat for you this morning. Got our very own resident black theologian. That in the person of Minister David Lingham to bring us the word this morning. I know he's prepared because we've been talking about this preparation of this series since, I don't know, October, November. We've been working on this series since October, November through December. Now here we are in the moment. Talked about what it looks like to be united in action and in spirit and in faith. We're going to talk, talk us, bring it home and talk about the power of unity. Amen. We set this up for you. I was just here. Now he's going to spike it for you. <laughs> I'm waiting for a word. Amen. God going to be faithful to us. Before we have him come. We're going to hear a, a uh, Black History Emphasis moment from Sister Nidea Brown. Receive her as she comes, but before, as she's coming, if you don't mind, stretch out your hand this way. Say, preach, Minister Lingham, preach. Go ahead, baby girl, it's all yours. All right. Good morning, church. Good 
Today I'll be talking about unity. Well, what is unity? The definition of unity is the state of being united or joined together as a whole or one. Unity can be used in different ways, but Amuja, one of the seven principles of Kwanzaa, shares the main definition of unity. Amuja means to strive for and maintain unity in the family, community, race, and nation. Another word that resembles unity is peace. You have to have some sort of peace and agreement to be united. And the Bible says, make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in us all. That's from Ephesians 4, 3 through 8. Well, I comprehend it from the scripture was that we all serve under one God, so we're all united under one God as a Christian family. Unity means working together, praying together, and living together. It is a state of community shared with family, friends, people, and mainly African Americans. In Africa, there is this saying, I am because we are, and because we are, I am. This is an affirmation we say daily in my school, to let all know that we're a community and we have each other's backs. I know the world can be a hard place and people are treated wrongly, and as much as people say it doesn't matter, it does, because all people matter, and we have to put our best foot forward to maintain united. Thank you. Oh, <laughs> 
Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord, everybody. My, my, my. Can no man hinder me? My, my, my. As African Americans, we are known for singing our theology. You see, our ancestors, because there's a story behind the song. Our ancestors, as they were going through slavery, brutality, injustices, they would sing out of the depths of their soul that can't no man hinder them. My, my, my. But they didn't stop there. They began to sing about the eschatological hope. My, my, my. I may be going to hell right now, but in that great getting up morning, very well. My, my, my. It's always helpful to know the story behind the song. But when you know the story behind the song, you know the substance that got our ancestors through. Thank you. My, my, my. If I wasn't fired up, I'm fired up now. Amen. Amen. And y'all, y'all can sit for a minute. I'm gonna get to the scripture. Y'all, y'all can sit for a minute. Giving glory to God the Father, my creator. Giving glory to God the Son, the Redeemer. And giving glory to God the Holy Spirit, my sustainer. I thank God for the privilege to stand before you one more time. God is good. God is good and greatly to be praised. Y'all have heard it before, but if you don't mind, if I could say it again, y'all look great. Y'all look great. Y'all look great. I, 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 I do want to thank the pastor. Amen. Y'all can clap. Y'all can clap. Uh, I have been able to add to my CV. CV is a fancy abbreviation for curricula vitae. That I am a contributor to a sermon series. Somebody ought to say amen. <laughs> Somebody ought to say amen. I, I'll tell you more about my contribution, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to put that on there. Amen, amen, amen. Pastor, pastor has been great. Uh, pastor has allowed me a lane in which I can continue to grow in the giftedness that God has given me, and I appreciate that. I, I, I really do. Um, I want to thank my mother and my favorite niece. Amen, amen, amen. Now, Y'all y'all heard me say this before, right? Those of you who know me, y'all know my mother's Goldie. And you're probably looking and saying, that ain't Goldie. Well, some would say that's your mother-in-law, but the relationship that we have, she's my mother. Amen. 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 And probably one of the most beautiful people you could ever meet, my favorite niece, Gabe. God bless you. God bless you. Um... Pray for me. I, I hope you don't mind me keep asking you 
you pray for me. Uh, tomorrow, I go to residency. Residency is where I go to class from 8 in the morning to 5 in the evening for six days. I go Monday, and they send me home Saturday. Pray for me. Pray for me. Amen. But I have one of my colleagues, uh, students, cohorts. This brother is intelligent. I'm, I, I need to tell you that. He, he's gifted. He's intelligent. And watch this. He's from Zimbabwe. Yeah, stand up. Stand up. Now, nobody but God could have him here today. Amen. Amen. He, he has blessed my life tremendously. God is that good. All right, I got to get to this word, but I got one more. Man, listen. Y'all probably know why I sing every day. I thank God every day. That's my song. Lord, I just want to thank you. Lord, I just want to thank you. I look over. Mm. You've been so good to me. My, my, my. Yes. Every now and then I'll get to the second verse. Lord, I want to praise you. Because you've been so good to me. My, my, my. I try to tell you. Man, man, man. I got to get to this word. I'm going to get this to you real quick. The other day we were riding, right? And usually, you know, I'm good with directions. I mean, I'm really good. Uh, some people call me a human map. In, in other words, I've been around before GPS. I know how to get around. But this one particular day, I missed my turn. That was yesterday, wasn't it? Yesterday, I missed my turn. And I said, thank God for my help me. Amen. Amen. Redeemer, Redeemer, Redeemer. Watch the clock, though. I'm, I'm so grateful for how Redeemer is moving. And I pray in my heart that you're grateful for how the Church of Redeemer is moving. Amen. By that, what I mean is we don't celebrate our blackness just one day now. We celebrate our blackness for the whole entire month. Amen. Amen. Dr. Jeremiah Wright would say it this way. He would say we're unashamedly black and unapologetically Christian. Amen. Before I get started, I'm learning. Take your time. Take your time. But before I get started, it's important to remember the words of Dr. Carter G. Woodson. Amen. I realize and recognize not everybody's familiar with that name. There's a reason for me to pause before I get started. Dr. Woodson 
is the father and the creator of Black History Month. Not to mention the fact he's the second African American to have an earned PhD degree from Harvard University, 1912. You ought to know who the first was. Dr. W.E.D. Du Bois. I'm teaching already. Woodson, Woodson says these words. Woodson says, those who have no record of what their forebearers have accomplished, they lose the inspiration that comes from the teaching of biography and history. Amen. And there's somebody out there probably saying, why is that important? Y'all ask some good questions. That's why I love it. I love Redeemer. Y'all ask some good questions. Let me see if I can frame it this way. Albert Rabatar. Rabatar is the noted Princeton scholar. Rabatar writes in his book, Slave Religion. He describes what the slave masters tried to do to us. And they use a term called Latabarasa. Tabarasa simply means an erasing of the mind. You see what the slave owners tried to do was erase our minds of our rich African heritage when we got here to America. What am I trying to say? Pay attention my brothers and my sisters. We cannot allow them to take black history and remove it or erase it from American history. Now you can't do a Latabarasa. Not today. There are 13 states that have legislation that want to remove black history. I'm sorry. Now there can't be no Latabarasa. All right, let me get to preaching. Meet me. Meet me in the book of Acts. I'm in Acts chapter 2, reading verses 1 to 4. And I'm um, reading out of the King James. I, I, I do that when I feel traditional, if that's all right. When I feel traditional. And you should already know where I'm reading. Amen. That's what I'm talking about. Amen. And you should already know my practice. Keep your Bible open. It's the Bible that will do the preaching. We call that expository preaching. All I simply do is expose what is already there. Therefore, you should always give the credit to God and not man. I'm only the vessel that God is using today. I say that because if you're not happy with today's sermon, don't blame me. Blame God. <laughs> blame God. Amen. Here we go. Verse number one. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the house where they were sitting. 
And there appeared unto them cloven tongues of fire, tongues like as of fire. And it set upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. My topic this morning for probably about the next 20 minutes or so will be the power of unity. The power of unity. If you don't mind, I do need to pray just for a minute. Father, Lord, I stretch my hand to you. God, there's no other help that I know. Father, I need to decrease so that your spirit inside of me would increase. I pray, God, that they would not see David, but they would see you, God, high and lifted up. God, as I stand for these sacred minutes, consecrate me, God, like you've never done before. God, you know I have a manuscript, but God, illuminate it. In other words, allow me to see it like I've never seen it before. God, take the manuscript, God, and consecrate it and make it your divine word and divine will. Father, like the saints of old would say, God, I need you to walk with me. God, I need you to talk with me. God, I need you to hold my hand. Father, I need you like the morning needs the sun. I need you like the beach needs the sand. God, I need you like the ocean needs the stream. Father, do what you do best. Lord, I love you and I praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. During the month of February, we have been preaching, well, pastor has been preaching, a series about emoji, which we know is Swahili for unity. The pastor has been preaching and teaching, which means the Wednesday nights have been off the chart. Week one, we looked at unity in action. Week two, we looked at the unity of the spirit. And last week, we looked at the unity of faith. And today on African Heritage Sunday, we're going to look at the power, the power of unity. Now, you see, our African ancestors, they, they knew something about unity. In fact, the concept of the village came from Africa. The, the, the concept of we, not I. It's from Africa. Y'all know me. Whenever I introduce myself, I make sure I tell people I'm from a village in South Philly called Point Breeze. Amen. The village raised me. There's an African proverb. You heard me say it, and I believe it was read in our unity. Devotion this morning. I am because we are. I am because we are. That's an African proverb. That speaks to the village. In other words, I am because of what Redeemer poured into me. 
the village. Y'all know my story. I sit on the back row. I am because of Redeemer. Can I give you another African proverb? If you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, go together. Redeemer, we got to go together because we got to go far. You ought, to, you ought to make some noise on this one. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to set up the unity. In our context, African Americans, we, as we were growing up, we always had a play cousin, a play uncle, play aunt. The essence of that is unity. Now, down south, that's called kinfolk, that we are related. But in the academy, we call it kinship. That's all about unity. You see, in fact, as African Americans, we're not strangers to unity. That's part of who we are. We've got to guard against European influences. That's me, myself, and I. We've got to guard against the mindset, I've got to do me. That's not us. We're together. We're unity. We look out for one another. But if you look around today, all you see today is division. In other words, the division is, are you liberal or conservative? Are you Protestant or Catholic? Are you an immigrant or are you a citizen? Are you Democrat or are you Republican? And my favorite one is, do you watch Fox News or CNN? Yeah. Division. Everywhere you look. I often ask these questions, this question. How long will these United States continue to be the divided states? See, it's the lack of unity that gives rise to division. It's division that is the root cause of chaos and confusion. And can I get personal? When I say the church, I'm exchanging between the church and the black church. Because it's African Heritage Sunday. But in the church, it's the division that causes the chaos and the confusion. But I got to tell you, I love the Bible. Because the Bible has something to say about division in the church. I know I'm right about it. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse number 11. There, there was a little house church. Paul had to write 
I'm hearing about the division in the house of Chloe. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Paul has to write the whole chapter to address the division that's in the church. Philippians chapter 2 verses, chapter 4 verses 2 to 4. There's two women in the church, workers in the gospel. But in the church, they have division because of their differences. Paul is asking them to work out your differences for the sake of the gospel. Division. Acts chapter 15. I love God. God don't leave nobody out. Acts 15, 36 to 41. You got two itinerant preachers. Paul and Barnabas. Experience division on the mission field. But on this African Heritage Sunday, I want to take a few minutes as the resident theologian, I, I, I like to look at God's original intent for the church regarding unity in the body. For we know that the things of God are countercultural to the world. For the world loves division. But God's original intent for the church and for the black church is for there to be unity in the body. That's why the psalmist says in Psalm 133, verse number one, psalmist says, how good and how pleasant that there's unity. If you take a closer look at that verse, is what we call in seminary a double adjective. Good and pleasant. God is letting you know that in the church, there ought to be no division. There ought to be fellowship. The church ought to be the place that there is no division and there should be unity in the black church especially. Permit me, if you will, to peruse the pericope from the perspective of the church, but really the black church. So here we are in Acts chapter 2. In this book of Acts, we can view it through three lenses. It can be viewed through the lens of Paul's three missionary journeys. It can be viewed through the lens of the Holy Spirit. And finally, it can be viewed through the lens of the Christian church. In terms of the history of the Christian church, we see that God's original intent for the church is at the beginning or the start of the church. In other words, we know it was the church that was born on the day of Pentecost. We know that Penta simply means 50. It's 50 days since the resurrection. And notice, if you will, I'm at my first point if you're taking notes. My first point is the people. And I hope you haven't closed your Bible. The text says in verse number one that the people were together and on one accord. That's unity. 
together and on one accord. Now you do know that the church is not a building, but the church is a group of people. In fact, that word, the church, in the Greek is called ecclesia. Can I pause for a minute? Ecclesia simply means the called out assembly. Can I go a little further? Some of us were called out from drugs and alcohol. Some of us were called out from the shooting gallery. Some of us were called out from the crack house. Some of us were called out from the wrong bed. Some of us were called out from lying and stealing. Some of us were called out from just low life living. Some of us were called out from nastiness. Some of us called out from having dirty mouth. So here you are, an assembly of called out people. And the text says they were all together. When I think about the people being together and on one accord, I, I think of the military that's marching in step, ready for battle. Bible makes it plain. We wrestle not against. Yes. We've got to fight together. Yes. 19, 1955. I look around. Some of us were here. 1955. But here's the point. If you weren't here in 1955, when I mentioned the year 1955, you ought to be able in the recess of your mind from knowing your black history to tell me what happened in 1955. Some of y'all looking at preacher, give me a hand. 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 No problem. I, can, I got you. I work with you. I'll give you a hand. Down south in Montgomery, Alabama. Down south in the capital of the birthplace of segregation. 1955, black people came together. I'm talking about unity. African Heritage Day. They came together to protest against segregated seating on city buses. We make the majority of the ridership in Montgomery, Alabama. Matter of fact, there were 40,000 black people that rode those buses daily. And they had the nerve or the audacity to tell us where to sit. And that's not old. Today they still have the nerve and the audacity to tell us, may not be a bus, but to tell us where to sit. 
But I got good news. They met at the black church. They protested together. They marched together. There was unity. And we saw the power of unity. Sitting there probably saying, well, what does unity look like in the church? Man, y'all ask some good questions. You see, when there's unity in the church, you won't hear, I can't get along with him. I just ain't feeling her. You see, when there's unity in the church, we set our differences aside. Our own agendas take a back seat. The text says, the text lets us know they were all together. They were all in agreement. They were all in harmony. They were all on one accord without the sin. You see, there's unity in God. There's the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I wish I had time. My second point. Is the purpose. We cannot afford to be divided in terms of our purpose. United we stand, divided we fall. It's the enemy's job to get into the church, to get into the black church. And divide us. Now, in most churches, not here at Redeemer, but in other churches, matter of fact, I'm going to look down when I read this so you know I'm not talking about Redeemer. I'm trying to make it plain. In other churches, Truth be told, there's two groups. There's two groups. Talking about division in the church. There's a group that's for the pastor. Then there's a group that don't really care for the pastor. But not, not here. Every demon. Not here. Matter of fact, I'm going to change illustrations. You might think I'm really, no, I'm not here. All right. I got any married people in the house. I'm going to do a different illustration. Any married people in the house? Amen. Amen. All right. All right. You see, you can see the purpose of unity. Right? In what's called the agreement principle. Now listen to me. I'm using a marriage analogy. You with me? I ain't talking about me. I'm using a marriage analogy. I'm not talking about anybody in here. That's I, I gotta give disclaimer. <laughs> 
So when you talk about the agreement principle in marriage, right, that does not mean the yes deal. You, you, you follow me? The agreement principle in marriage does not mean the husband says regularly, consistently, or no, yes, dear. <laughs> now, now, now I, I, I'm trying to explain the agreement principle in marriage. You got me? The agreement principle in marriage is simply when the two become one. That's unity. That's unity. When the two become one. You see, the enemy's job is to create separation and division. That's why you got to be alert. I'm, I'm giving an example of what I heard. Not what I've experienced. You with me? I heard that one day there was a husband and a wife and the wife said something and the husband had to recognize that wasn't his wife. That was the enemy trying to get in and creative. I'm trying to help somebody. Division. You see, the devil is the creator of chaos and confusion. It's his job to scatter and divide. You see, what the devil wants to do in the black church is he wants to create cliques in the church. He, he wants to create division and separation in the church. You see, because the devil knows if I could separate them, if I can create division, the black church will lose its effectiveness. We will not be able to minister to the unsaved world if we're fighting inside and division is inside. We got to be united. Can I go deeper? I watch my time. All right, let me go deeper. Y'all know I'm studying biblical leadership. So in my studies of biblical leadership, I'm not only learning about leadership, but I'm learning about fellowship. You follow me? What I love about Redeemer, Anthony, is how we illustrate everything we learn about fellowship. You see, individuals will come from outside and admire what we have in here, but they really can't describe or define what it is. It's good fellowship. Now, now watch this. Good fellowship doesn't mean we say yes, pastor, to everything. That's not good fellowship. That means one of us is not thinking. Good fellowship is, we listen to what you say. 
if it lines up with what God's word says, then we with you. So we hold him accountable. That's good fellowship. But watch this. Good fellowship will not only hold him accountable, but we authorize and we give approval and we give the stamp and we validate. That's good fellowship. See, in order to have a movement, you need two things. You need leadership and you need fellowship. And watch this. If you have a leader that does not have anybody following them, then you've got a person that's just taking a walk. You need good leadership and you need good fellowship. What am I trying to say? When the pastor and the people become one, that's power in the unity. Yes. Ah, starting to get a little happy. I'm going to bring it in. Bring it in. It's a beautiful thing when you see unity in the house of God. I don't know about you. I hear about so much dysfunction in God's house that I'm so glad that it's not here. Now we got the spirit of unity here in Redeemer. You see, something happens when God's people, when we break bread together, when we pray together, when we worship together, when we sing together, when we shout together, when we say hallelujah together in the spirit of unity, that is power. Don't, don't miss this. There are many, many benefits in the local black church when we all work together in unity, when we're in the same mind, same spirit, and in the same purpose. Something happens when we're united in purpose. Our resources multiply. Our energy gets channeled. Our concentration becomes focused. And the church becomes effective in whatever the church wants to undertake. In the 19, 1960s, I'm, I'm coming in. In the 1960s, having unity in purpose and with God on our side, we begin to overturn some of the unjust laws that the nation had. When we have unity of purpose and God on our side, we were able to add amendments to the United States Constitution. I'm trying to tell you about the power of unity. And guess what? We ain't finished adding amendments to the Constitution. Let me hurry. Get to my third and final point. Take my seat. First, I talked about 
the people. Second, I talked about the purpose. Third and lastly, I want to talk about the power. The power. Now, I got to share this with you. This is giving full disclosure. 4 a.m. this morning, I'm in my bed trying to get a good night's sleep because I got to preach in a couple hours. I get a tap on my shoulder from God. God said, you know, I know you got manuscript. You know, all that's nice. But this is what I want you to add. <laughs> yeah. This is what I want you to add. I'm trying to give you full disclosure. It is not me. I am the male man. I am not smart enough to make these connections. God says, I want you to speak prophetically today. Something I've never or really have done, at least here. He said, there's some things I need you to tell my people this morning. I need you to help my people make the connection. To show you how good God is. Where's Anthony at? Say it up, Anthony. Everybody see Anthony's shirt? Everybody see Anthony's shirt? God gives confirmation. I'm sorry, not that Anthony. This is Anthony. Yeah, I'm sorry. My friend, thank you. They had Anthony in the back. Everybody see Anthony's shirt? God said to me, I need you to help the people make the connection. He said, we talked about Acts 1-8. We did a series on Acts 1-8. We did a teaching on Acts 1-8. I want you to understand or help the people understand what is happening at Redeemer. We serve a God that is strategic. He's not haphazard. God has a plan for Redeemer. He said, take a minute. Help the people make the connection." In Acts 1-8, there's a couple things going on. The people are waiting. That was their present. Yes, they were waiting and they were looking forward. The text in 1-8 says, ye shall receive forward tense. Forward. In other words, to go to Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria. Something has to happen. We serve a God of order. In other words, I want to prepare you for where I want to send you. I want to make you or share with you some of the plan. So in Acts 1-8, it's a prophecy verse. In Acts chapter 2, verse number 1, is the fulfillment of the prophecy. Oh, you missed it. You missed it. You missed it. That's all right. It's early. You missed it. There you go. Look at the text. I hope you ain't close the Bible. Look at the text. 
Verse number one gives the condition of the prophecy. The prophecy says ye shall receive power. Verse number one of chapter two gives you the condition for the black church to receive the power. You see that? In verses two to four is the fulfillment of the prophecy that was in 1-8, which God prepared us for. All right, here we go, here we go, here we go. Let me unpack it. You'll make me work today. Verse number one. Unity is the condition to receive the power that was prophesied in Acts 1-8. You can't go to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the other places unless you have the power. God lets you know ye shall receive power. Look at the text. Because they were all together and on one accord then and only then could the Holy Spirit come in the room? What am I trying to tell you? Before we, Redeemer, can go, we got to be unified. Yes! Our God does all things well. God is preparing us to have the power that we need to do what God us to do that's in unity can I tell you how you can tell when a church has no unity it's a church that's void of power can I tell you how you can tell that there's no unity in the church, you know, I'm ready, I'm ready. It's a church that is caught in the clutches of carnality. Can I tell you how you can tell when a church has no unity? It's a church that is caught in the trenches of tradition can I tell you how you can tell that a church has no unity it's a church that has a pulpit but no power can I tell you about a church that has no unity it can have all the symbols but have no substance. Can I tell you about a church that has no unity? It's a church with a little bit of hope and no Holy Ghost. Can I tell you about a church that has no unity? It's a church that's filled with law and there's no love because there's no unity.
this a church that they have Christ, they have a cross, but they have no Christ because there's no unity. And because there's no unity, there's no power, no power, no Holy Ghost power. But I got another church I want to tell you about. It's a church that has unity. It's a church that has power. How do I know? How do I know? It's a church where sinners are saved. It's a church where God is glorified. It's a church where Christ is magnified. It's a church where the Holy Spirit is exemplified. It's a church where the redeemed are justified. It's a church where the devil is horrified. It's a church that has the power of the Holy Ghost. It's a church where you come in one way and you leave out another. It's a church where you have five fingers. They come together and they make a fist. It's the power, the Holy Ghost power, the power unity. Yeah. 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 Before I take my seat, every good preacher, you need to talk about sin. You see, sin affected, disrupted our vertical relationship with God yeah since separated us from God sin created division from God not only did sin affect our vertical but sin affected our horizontal sin affected our relationship one another. In other words, sin affected our horizontal and it affected our horizontal and our vertical. But I got to tell you what happened on a hill called Calvary. You see at Calvary the vertical and the horizontal came together on a hill called Calvary. Jesus on an old rugged cross. Christ died that we might have unity with the Father. Christ took sinful man in one hand to God in the other hand and as he died he took them both and he put his back in the unity with the Father thank God 
for the cross. Thank God for what happened on Calvary put us back in the unity. And today, as the black church, today, as we celebrate our African heritage, today, let us never forget the power that we possess when we come together as God's people. You know like I know. When we were growing up, we were taught a house divided cannot stand. Redeemer, I know it's COVID, but in your spiritual imagination, if you can pretend and know that we're connecting with one another, that we are demonstrating and illustrating for the enemy that this house this house is united this house is united God I thank you and I praise you amen amen as we stand on our feet also pray that if we have division with anybody that we would go make whatever amends we need to make while we still have time even if you're not the culprit be the one to take the first step in these last days and times we need to be together we need to stand together we need to pray together and we need to always sing together. Redeemer, I love you. I would not be what I am without you. Thank God for you. As the deacons come and we open the doors of the church, we have three calls. Our first call for the one that doesn't know Jesus, has not accepted Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior. We want to give you that opportunity. The preacher would say, give me your hand, but give God your heart. Is there one among us that needs Jesus? one among us that has a desire to learn a little bit more about the God that we serve that would want to know why is it that we cry when it's nothing sad why is it that we shout and jump up and down is there one that want to know the God that we know would you come is there one might not know why you're here, but God has you here for a reason and a purpose. Today is your day. Is there one? Is there one? If you feel a tugging on your heart, raise your hand. We'll walk with you. Our second call is for the one, you know God, you know Jesus, 
But for some reason, and we know life shows up, some reason you find yourself outside of the ark of safety. But you have enough sense to be here today. You have enough sense to know that you need to be restored and reconnected. Matter of fact, everybody's looking down and their eyes are closed and they're praying for you. So nobody's looking at you. But if you want to be reconnected, we can have prayer with you. We can listen. Most importantly, we can give you a hug. Because there's something about a hug. Is there one? Is there one? Is there one? Tomorrow is not promised. Is there one? We offer Christ. Christ is the answer to every question. Christ is the solution to every problem. Is there one? Yes, Lord. He'll give you brand new life. He will give you brand new life. Life abundantly. New life abundantly. Is there one? call. You may be saved sanctified, but for some reason you don't have a church home. You are what we call a homeless Christian. There, there's something that the old saints would, I could put myself in that category, that would talk about. And we call that the ark of safety. And there's something about being connected to a Bible-believing, Bible-fellowship church. What I love about Redeemer is that we've got room for your gift. So would you come if you're looking for a church home? We may not be a perfect church, but we're a church that God has his hand on. We're a church that God is taking to another level. We're a church that is about our Father's business. Is there one where you come? I got good news for you. As I take my seat and we get ready to worship with giving, it's still not too late. You can see any of these individuals that are standing in the front. You can go to them before you leave out of this place because the day is your day. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. God bless you. Thank you.